it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Don't let that team stand in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going. Devin Smith got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. Yes. This is the Buckeye Show. All right, middle of the week here on the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall with you. Six o'clock means Buckeye Talk. Got our guy Bodie Wells back there running the program today. And we have a fantastic two-hour show to get to. We're going to jump right in. Dave Holmes from 10TV, the sportscaster over there. Good old dream job. He's going to join us at 633. And we'll get to hear a little bit from Larry Johnson in the first hour of the program, the defensive line coach, who everybody, everyone on that defensive staff, as we learned this week, they're going to have more of an input on what goes on. Kerry Combs up in the booth. We know that Matt Barnes calling the defensive plays looks like it's going to be that way from now on, unless you see some more just massive hiccups on the defensive side of the ball. But I don't think there was enough there for Tulsa, certainly game one. I'm not saying it was great, but for game one doing it, you want to see what things work, how things work against Akron, then get to the start of Big Ten play against Rutgers and see where you go. But joining us tonight, my co-host this evening, Eric Reeser, everybody. Good evening. Bodie, Tim, how are we doing? Bad day for me. Oh. You know this. I don't. I, you do know this. You took the picture of me just lying out. I, like first a of corpse. All, first of all, I did not know that we had a futon. I don't know why I didn't know that. Most idiots can just look at a thing that you sit on and determine whether that's just a classical sofa. Well, so sofa it's not really a couch. futon. It's a sofa that has the, the backrest that can fall flat. So what do you call that then? A convertible I, sofa? I would say a convertible what's, sofa. What's a futon proper? makes it seem like college A futon a amateur doesn't necessarily have to have a metal frame. Like mm. you could have a wood frame futon, right? But I guess you do have to have yes. like... I, do, I guess you do have to have some kind of arm rest on the side, like a frame for it to be a futon. Futon convertible sofa. Who the hell cares? I figured out that this thing folded down and I just needed to lay down and take like a quick 10 minute nap because I'm not kidding you. My personal computer, we had laptops distributed not long ago, which I think is a great move. So you're not tied down to a desktop. You can take it around, especially when we live through the pandemic. You have a laptop? Yeah, laptop. Must be nice. I'm, wor- I'm working on you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get you one. The <laughs> funny, the funny thing that. about that, the funny thing about that is I was going to bat for you just yesterday about get this man a laptop. By the way, get the applause ready again, Bodie. Get, you got the applause Stop. ready? Right here, right now. We've got ourselves an employee of the month in the building. How about that? For June. For June. For June. Yes. <laughs> Right. I kind of freaked right. out this morning when I heard my name on the conference call because I had my microphone off and my camera off and I had my computer just on my kitchen table as I was kind of just puttering around doing things in the morning. So you know what? Your time for celebrating is done. You're the June employee of the month. It's September 22nd for God's sakes. What, what are you trying to just milk the thing? For Absolutely. All Wouldn't you? I actually put down on my nominations for this guy, Eric Reeser. I, I wrote to Heather who handles that in mm-hmm. our building I vote Eric Reeser until he wins. That's what I. That's no, so they just what, had to sit there down. as they're sifting yeah. through the dozens so you always, of applicants. Remember so like, to just add give it mine. To them. Remember to add mine as another vote because I was tired of coming up with different superlatives to say because this guy has literally done every single job that we have in the building right now. But either way, I was trying to get the laptop that I was using because they 
they, in, in a rush, right, gave me one the day we left. Before you were hired on here. Yes. So I had a, a, a good, not great laptop, one that had been used before, but serviceable, had the programs on it that we needed to use. So I had that one, and then we got new laptops here recently, and my new one just crashed. I'm completely crashed. Not just something where you could take it to the IT guy, take it to the tech dudes, have them log back in, work their magic. You know, a lot of that stuff, you give someone your laptop Submit a trouble work, ticket. right? Yeah, send yeah. in a ticket in 20 minutes, it's fixed, It's there was a little bug that was with it. Not this. Nice new machine, completely crashed. Five hours. Five hours they were working on this. And the guys that were helping me were great. It wasn't anything about that. It was just the matter of the fact it sucked. I wasn't able to think about the show much today because the laptop was just gone and I was worried about it. I logged on, did my work in another machine, but I just kept thinking about my laptop and how it was all screwed up. And I'd have to log back into everything. I'd have to adjust everything, get the settings right. And I'm going to be talking to those guys for another week. Yep. That's what it's going to be like. And I wanted to give you that laptop. I had to like log on to that one and get that one situated because I hadn't been on there in such a long time. So now you can't have it for another couple of days. Yeah, that's fine. So to get I it to, though. my desk, I don't use the computer there because it's, it's useless. And then uh, I have my laptop personally that it's fine. And I just kind of, you know, hermit out in some of these production studios most of the time. Other than you getting employee of the month three months ago yes, and the Macho Taco food truck that they had for us here, which made one of the most fantastic burritos. You heard Common Man talking about a big, thick boy. One of the more fantastic burritos I've ever had. I'd never, I've had like deep fried, you know, Mexican dishes, right? Like chimichangas, right. things like that. I'd never had one of those double fried burritos where the... It's the, the the burrito with and the classic tortilla. They put it on tortilla. a bed of cheese and then flip it, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just had this unbelievable shell coating around it that was, oh, man, nom-nomming that thing. Yeah. It's fantastic. Very good stuff. So we didn't get to this yesterday. And Actually, let's digress real quick. Yeah, I am please. surprised that neither you nor Common Man put a picture of it up on your social medias. You guys are food influencers. I, yeah, really dropped the ball, both of right. you there. You're right. For as much food picks as you guys post no. between the two of you. And look, you can, follow, you can follow those guys on Twitter, though. I'm sure they'll be glad to have you. Absolutely. And they're around, and they were fantastic. The guy who was running the truck was super nice, so we thank them. And yeah, we didn't get into this yesterday, but... And also, this was sort of lost in the in the shuffle. Actually, I don't think it's lost to many Buckeye fans. It's It's right there on the forefront. It's just that there were... So many other things. It might not be your headliner for the weekend, but the more games we play and the more phenomenal athletes we see getting bit by the turf monster, the more this becomes a thing. And we found out, and look, I I don't know what any of us were expecting. I certainly wasn't expecting that they were going to redo a surface in the middle of the season. Although, no, would that be impossible? Like, no. How long Ohio, would that take? The right? Ohio What's State University could do that, yes. You could pick when you have a road game coming up. You have, and you're not practicing in the you shoe. You have a bye week. Yeah, you have a yeah. road game. Right. It could be done. If, it could be if done. If anything, this pandemic yeah. year showed us just how flexible people can be when they are pressed to do it. Well, it's like Walter White said. Name one thing in this world that's not negotiable. Right. You could do anything with money. Smart but again, man. that could be, and nobody was really confirming that that was the reason because of the budget shortfall and people that had to be put on furlough and understand that's a sensitive subject it would be a, a massive bad moneymaker like ohio state for ohio state to furlough and then say but new turf i understand it's a bad look but it's also at the end of the timeline too 
Like it's also one of those things that just hits the end of the of the window, and you have to do it because of health and safety for your players. And if you deviate from the, the timeline, the TVA too. will get you. It, the, and right. the TVA yes. should get this field the hell off of Ohio, out of Ohio Stadium, being low key right there because it's really bad. I I'm noticing it more and more, and. And it's not I'm, necessarily an excuse because all, both teams have to play on it. No, no, so no, no. So there's no, no, no advantage. Okay, okay. But it's so, pathetic for a big school to have that bad of turf. Hold on. You went there. Okay. Exactly the thing that I say when all things are equal, right? Yes. I will be the first sports fan to use that line. Oh, cold weather. Well, what are we doing playing an <laughs> right. outdoor Super Bowl <laughs> up in New York? Wait a minute. Where it winds up being 60 degrees anyway for that one. But you go back like uh, Kevin Moore wants to explore doing a, a Big Ten championship game in actually New York, exist. right? <laughs> right. Didn't he say that when everybody else in the conference is talking about how they can't do home site college football playoff games in cold weather cities because of health and safety, and he's talking about possibly leaving Indy to do a Big Ten championship game in December in New around. York City. Maybe Chicago and Soldier Field could have it in December, yeah. But either way, I don't go there with the, it's the same for both teams with something like this because it affects the quality of the game. You never know when or where, what the dead spots on that field are because it's not, it's not happening all the time. You don't really know when or where that's going to strike. And it's usually specific types of, uh, of players are the ones that are getting bitten by it. Wide receivers who really need to plant that foot to get out of a break. It could affect corner bre- cornerbacks, right? It could affect a defensive end who's trying to get a foot in the ground to make his swim move on a tackle. It can happen to Travion Henderson. It could happen to running backs, right? And you're seeing both teams affected by this. You would hate, A, to have someone lost to major injury because of the, the downtrodden turf that is out there, or B, to not pick up a critical third down and five late in the third or early in the fourth quarter because your star wide receiver slips out of the break. Otherwise, he would have been just fine. And you pick it up and you're moving the chains. Instead, you're punting. Just things like that. I don't brush it off as, oh, it's the same for both sides. It's an important thing. You're talking about your field. You're talking about how you play the game. Yeah, It's pretty big to me. And it's, no, we it's know they're not doing it huge. until next year. We're told they're going to replace it after this season. So if you were wondering about that, that's what's happening. But it's a valid concern when uh, through, you know, three weeks of the season you see as many or two weeks excuse me as many players that have slipped in you know slipping all over that place uh, more so than this year than you have in recent year in past years it, you have to question like why why is a, a field turf at ohio state so poor yeah they're going an extra year because the first one was ahead of the 07 season and it was replaced ahead of the 14 season now you're using this 14 turf and you're going to replace it ahead of the 22 season so it's an extra year of wear and tear on this one mm. as opposed to the last one. And you know what? It looks like that year matters. Makes right? a difference. <laughs> it looks like makes that a big w- difference. It looks right now. It's like to the tires on your car. Yeah. You want to try and push it an extra year? Okay. Wait till the winter. And I get it. Ryan Day was not really about criticizing the turf at his press conference because that came up and Jerry Emig, you know, stepped in there at one point and gave us that information that you just heard right there. Well, sure, but it, it again, it's the health and safety of not only your players, but everybody else that steps yeah, on that field everyone. and tries to go full speed when they've got pads on and they're large human beings. Day but, was talking about cleats and yeah. nubs and spikes. Like I never I never expected to hear the coach talking about the 
the gear, the equipment on the he bottom. He probably of the didn't either, Screw and I can't imagine nubs. that makes him thrilled where he's got to deviate from his offensive game plan to talk about, well, the shoes that my athletes are wearing. Oh, and the defense. Oh, and special teams. I mean, I love talking about football equipment, but spikes on the, the bottom look of cleats of it. You like talking really about aesthetics, yes. Yeah. Talk some Not uniforms. Cleat length. Or talk spike about, length, excuse talk me. about some of those cool Under Armour shields Absolutely. that we wear. The, the cool wide receiver gloves. The mouth guards that have like spinners in them now. You seen those? I I or know the ones DK with teeth. No, okay. well, yeah, yeah, I've seen the teeth thing. And now they have spinners in them. They got all sorts of yeah. designs. DK Metcalf just wears a pacifier. Yes. Why not? Why not? Are you going to make fun of that man? Like nobody's going to say anything to that human being about that. It it does <laughs> it not. does something to you when a man sucking on a pacifier just bulldozes you, right? Yes, I think that's the where he's getting at. Yes, and absolutely <laughs> using that. All right, we're just getting going here. There is actually just one guy on defense who has completely shown out in both of Ohio State's wins, according to the coaches, and also only one on offense. That and some other personnel anomalies we're looking at right now. Next, it's the Buckeye Show on the Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Tailgating is a state of mind. You are listening to the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Eric Reeser. Good to be with all of you fine Buckeye fans. I needed the show tonight, man. I really did. I needed this. I wanted to get here, be with you, talk about the Buckeyes, be with all of you because of the computer situation today. It's one of those things. Were you able to gouge my eyes out? Was the grilled cheese burrito a break from the computer situation? Could you at least have that? No, that was was really before it all got started. I wasn't expecting... To even be in a situation, but when I was enjoying the oh, burrito, that so stinks. I was, I was in a good frame Great of mind. Mood, yeah. yeah, if I could have had the burrito mixed in while I was going through the frustration the of the computer, which, it might have taken the edge off a little bit. Like, oh, the computer thing sucks, but ah, get this burrito. Yeah, but I'd already had that, and so now you got a brick yeah. in your stomach. Yeah, you're, you're full. no, I don't. I I don't. There's no brick in my stomach. I'm fine. I really am. There's no rumbling. It's it's good. It's oh, good. It's good. It's not affecting me like Except that. Except now your computer. Yeah. But, you know, what's affecting you with this Ohio State football team? Offense, defense. How much time I'm talking I'm, I'm talking I'm talking lay about on that couch and discuss. I'm talking about individualize this a little bit. Yes, you can lay flat on your back on the couch like I did. Look up at the rafters and just oh, you know. It's it's interesting because give me your perspective on this when they have done the champions. You, you, I, defensively, I kind of like Cameron how they, Martinez for Tulsa. That's it. I, well, first of all, I want to go back and say I appreciate how they do that. Some of these things are a little kitschy, can be a little gimmicky, but it's nice to see what the coaching staff says and thinks about their own team. Yeah. Like they don't have to do that. We could just be left to ask the questions in the press conference on Tuesdays, right? Or Mondays in the past, whenever it would be. But you get a little readout from the coaches. I appreciated how there were none after the Oregon game. Yeah. That was a thing. I appreciated that. I also thought having 10 in a win over Tulsa spoke loudly. It almost it almost goes to say for Buckeye fans that, and, and I think most of them 
are the real ones, the the ones that are honest with themselves. I think Ohio State has one of the loudest fan bases that is perfectly fine criticizing themselves and their own team instead of getting in fights with other fan bases and like, no, 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 you're not that much better than us. We're better than you, and here's why. You'll you'll be one of a Buckeye fan will be one of the first ones to say, yeah, our defense has big problems. Can't see our our team winning a national championship at this stage of the game. You yep. are absolutely right. Like looking at Georgia's defense, wish I had some of that right now. I so I think there's that, and I I can't understand it because ten champions in a Tulsa win tells you that Ohio State's coaching staff is seeing some of these things, knows that they have some of these things. They're not trying to make apologies. They're handing it out to the guys that have earned them. And like we had teased there, only Jackson Smith and Jigba on offense and only Ronnie Hickman on defense have been champs in both of the wins. This early in the season, I think that's shocking. Well, I, I think that's just the the, the, the one-sentence explanation. It's only two wins. For how right? poorly this Ohio State defense has played, what and offense? It was the you because you don't just lump it with defense. That's the the headline here. You'd think it was defense, but only Jackson Smith and Jigba of all guys has been a champ in both of the wins on offense. Yeah, but not C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. not Travion Henderson, not Mayan Williams, not any of the offensive linemen. But Stroud has earned Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Travion Henderson has earned Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week honors. So offensively, there's, there's but been I'm talking stuff about, there. It, yeah, but I'm just saying take that for what it is. Sure. Both wins. And that's that's a fact right now. I mean, Tulsa was, Tulsa was ugly for everyone, I think, except for Travion Henderson. Um, and I guess you know I can understand why the coaches would be extra harsh on that offensive front and on the quarterback as well. And... Yeah, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba was really the only positive from even the Oregon game, right? I mean, outside of that, Olave had zero catches in the Tulsa game, which is uh, almost, almost, that's like a sin. Like, if you have a player like that, I think he only got it targeted four times. Now he had a really bad drop. But for everybody here, I think it's it's good that the coaches have this this system of kind of open checks and balances. It's not so much something that, you know, the, the the players know that they're not performing, and I think the coaches are honest with the players about this, but the coaches aren't going to be like, this isn't Nick Saban, you know, calling out Jaleel Billingsley. This is the coaches just saying outwardly, yeah, players yeah. aren't playing enough, but not in a way that I think would embarrass any of these players. The Whereas other, Nick Saban's like, I don't care. Sure, yeah. The other thing, though, Eric, that's been getting at me is Seven Banks and how he got in there against Tulsa, but he didn't. He didn't blow anybody's hair back when he was in there, and he was no? still severely outsnapped, outplayed by Cam Brown and Denzel Burke. And while, look, I would be perfectly happy to see Denzel Burke bloom into this superstar here. Who wouldn't be? Sure. It's just, are, are we to believe that that all these scouts and people who are looking at who's got the NFL talent in this Buckeye secondary are they just that wrong about seven banks? Is there something else up and we're just a little bit slow to kick it into high gear? I'm hoping it's the latter right there. Ryan Watts, who we were hearing about this past week, I thought was going to get some action in there. Court Williams, we've been hearing about him and what an athletic freak he is. I know he's coming off of an injury. They were only special teamers yep. in this game. It blew me away that after what we saw with Bryson Shaw in the last game, he led them in snaps. Yes. Unbelievable, right? And the other thing that was crazy that people pointed out, 
Tommy Eichenberg played 53 plays, and you will not see him on the defensive chart. Now, that doesn't mean he was completely invisible. There was some, somewhere uh, in that game where he he broke up a pass against Tulsa, but by and large, you're a middle linebacker. You don't register you a have tackle stats. or an yes. assist. Something is strange with that. That I just... That's a shocking stat, if I've ever heard one. And I wonder with the Eichenberg thing, if that's what pushed Dallas Gant to enter the transfer portal today. Because there, there's two guys that you thought would factor huge into the Ohio State, into that linebacking core well, that bef- came into the season with zero game snaps. You know, as we were adjusting the prep as we were adjusting the prep sheet when we started getting ready for the show, Dallas Gant's name was written on there as what's going yes. on with Dallas Gant. Because well, Taraja Mitchell was out. He didn't play in that one. He was a game-time decision, though. We will be watching number three to see what is he going to be able to provide this defense because there were a lot of eyes on him. Kayvon Pope is there. Dallas Scant, that was sort of that trio of linebackers that were growing up in the system together. And yeah. now, like you said, Dallas Scant going away. It's not surprising. It's disappointing. It's not surprising at this stage. It makes you kind of wonder, you know, how, uh, what's it, you know, Steel Chambers or Demario McCall, like, are, are, are those guys now need to be, you got to yeah. kind of lean Steel, on those guys. Steel, I think, was the fourth linebacker in he the was. chain. Yeah. So this Did is. Did I just say that? Steel Chambers. That was good. Fourth in the chain. That was good. No, you meant to do that. I honestly didn't. Yeah. Well, give yourself but, some credit. But I guess deep down inside. <laughs> you did. You mean to do it. So anyway, those are just some of the, some of the weird things. And, and, and Teron Vincent, right? Teron Vincent. I think this time. I thought we were going to have a superstar yes. with Teron Vincent. It's going to get time. I think it's going to get weirder before it, it kind of figures itself out. Oh, man. Because we they talked, the coaching staff did about wanting to kind of shore up who was going to take the starts and who was going to get the most snaps. And I, I think this Saturday against Tulsa, you're going to see more like the hockey line shifts you've been used to the past couple weeks. Vincent graded out a champion against Minnesota. Sure. And then here he is against Tulsa a couple weeks later, pretty much invisible out there. Kind of like Mayan Williams. Mine was really against Minnesota. I think Teron Vincent was not invisible, but he was on the sideline in full pads. Did he step onto the field for anything? I don't believe he even special teams foot on not one cleat. Well, I hope his nubs were good. Sure that he was fine. I'm sure that's what I've been told. Again, again, it's I get it. Like Travion was amazing, but still to see what mine had done, it's just weird how that would have happened, how he wouldn't even touch the football. All right, our guy Dave Holmes, he's about to jump into the studio and talk with us about this Buckeye team this week and where they are. We say, what up, Holmes? It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Get it straight from the horse's mouth. But he's not a horse. He's a coach. The Ryan Day Show. Thursday at noon. The fan. A man so professional, he wears a suit to a radio interview. He's 10TV's Dave Holmes. Timmy Hall, Eric Reeser, Dave Holmes, 10TV, walks into the studio right now. Dave, must be nice, man. <laughs> just my life in general? Or just <laughs> yeah. a, just what a, does that even mean? To stroll in at 6.33 and just you start said, the show. You said something. What did you say yesterday? We we were talking about some dollar amount. Oh, I don't know what we were talking about <laughs> I remember either. what it was. So we were talking about buyout clauses for yes, coaches. And yes, I said my yes. dream is to get bought out at 10TV if I could get like a Charlie Weiss buyout. <laughs> right, And right. then we said, well, well, Dom, well, Dom was talking about it. And we're like, well, we, it would, we would all be so fortunate to be 40 well, years into our career. That's what I said. Could actually do that. I said, Don, we can't entertain it. You could walk yesterday and be fine. I've got to get through another twenty-five years. So right. we said, 
what would your actual buyout be from 10 TV? And I said, I'd be lucky to get 10 grand. Right. And then I said, but if I, if they gave me like 60, I'd walk tomorrow. And then I said, something no, you like, said, you said 20, the number, 20, okay. the number yeah. was 20,000. Okay. And then his exact words, was like, man, that's like a few months rent. <laughs> I'm like, wow, must be nice. I didn't do the quick 20 math. grand takes you through three months of living at the homes estate. I that's what the mortgage is. Didn't do the quick math to realize that 6, I just, 500 a month. I just signed my Myself up for a three million dollar new Albany country pool. club. Yeah, Man. yeah. All right, so the math was wrong, Man. but anyway, must Man, be my nice. my fourteen hundred a month mortgage. Yeah. Well, I guess that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got nice. a pretty green. small, pretty small. He, he, yeah, he does have a golf so, course in his backyard. Right. <laughs> The man lives if, on a golf course. If, if, on a I, golf course. if I got a putting green and that twenty grand is a few months, you must have like a Tiger Woods setup back there, something like that. Take it down to Florida there, where he's got the driving range and the the full scale course. Yeah, something like that. You getting pumped for the Ryder Cup, by the way? I am pumped for the Ryder. I am pumped for the Ryder Cup. I'm more pumped than Brooks Kepka is. Did you see him? Are we playing nice now? What's well, the deal? Well, no, I'm saying Brooks gave that quote where basically, oh, yeah, yeah, Brooks was being like, basically, oh, the Ryder Cup gets in the way of my it. afternoon nap. Yeah, eh, whatever. Guys are screwing up my yeah, my round, my schedule. <laughs> my well, no, he's like, guys are yeah, screwing up my right, shots. Yeah, like, what are you alt shots? Yeah, well, I want to play with somebody, right? They put me yeah. above the hole on this twelve foot birdie. I want to be below the hole. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. It, there's a reason Europe overachieves in the Ryder Cup and the U.S. underachieves. I will say that. I don't want Brooks to do those Brooks things. I want yeah. him to be the good side yeah. of Bryson DeChambeau. Because I, I agree, I, mm. I like hating him. Mm-hmm. And I want to like Brooks, but when he says stuff like that, I'm with you. I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. we talk about the don't, European don't players. There's a, a certain level of give a damn that just not there with yeah. Team USA. There's a chip on the shoulder, man. I don't care. It's different. There's just too many. Like, you, did you, you see? Even the video? if it's just Brooks, that's enough, right? Yeah. Because you you're s- so high up. If you yeah. start talking that noise, it seems to like matriculate to the rest of the team, even though it might not be there. Because I think Phil. Phil's a badass, and he cares. Well, did you see the video that Europe released promoting the? The Ryder Cup. They released this video that talked about we are the 161 or something. That, that there's only been 150, 160 guys in history who've played for Team Europe. And it, they went back and interviewed all the guys and talked about pride of being it's in the show. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to drape myself in the Swiss flag and, and, gold. Yeah, and go tee off. Oh, and that sounds horrible <laughs> right. on this show. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Do anything Jeez. but drape yourself in blue and gold. Who said that? What? Yeah. Who, what? Who? Scarlet no. and Gray. Here yeah. we are. No. So we were talking about CJ Stroud yeah. and this whole issue and what's happening. How we attacked this yesterday on the show. If you put your coach's cap on, maybe put put your CJ Stroud hat on as well because yeah. I was saying, you know, to you, I'm not injured anymore if I'm CJ Stroud. Mm-mm. I'm not saying nope. anything. I'm not talking about how I'm sore. I'm not hurt. I'm anyone asks, "Hey, I feel as good as I've ever felt. I'm good to go." What do you uh, how would you attack this and trying to get some guys up to speed and is CJ your guy still right yeah, now? Yeah, well, CJ Stroud knows that he won the quarterback competition, but I don't think it was a blowout. I never got the vibe that it was CJ Stroud and everyone else was playing for second. Now, it sure. was kind of that way as fall camp opened. We thought he was the best in the spring game, but I think he understands that sometimes in this world, and you can ask Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins, the difference between A and B is razor thin. And I think C.J. Stroud understands that if you walk off that field at Ohio State, there is never a guarantee you'll walk back on it. And of all weeks to miss, I wouldn't miss Akron. Finally, after these three games, and we can argue if Tulsa was a cupcake, should have been. But finally, after these three games, you have a matchup where it seems like anyone in that room, and I'm talking Quinn Ewers just drawing up plays on his hands, 
Anyone in that room should be able to throw for 304 scores this week. So if you are C.J. Stroud, and it seems like he's banged up, it doesn't seem like he's 100%, he kind of hinted at it, I bet he never does again, but if you're C.J. Stroud, you have to stay on the field because no matter who is under center against Akron, they should yeah. look like the guy. Dave Holmes, our guest. Give him a follow on Twitter at Dave Holmes TV. He's uh, on the Buckeye Show, courtesy of the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Dave, where's your level... Uh, I guess, where do you draw the line for Stroud in terms of overthrowing guys against Akron? Yeah. What what has to happen before you're like, all right, we got to see McCord or Ewers or Miller? Well, I think the good news is this game should be so far out of hand, you will see McCord. what we said about Tulsa. It is. Now, it is. And look, I am the ultimate let's all settle down Buckeye Nation guy. Let's all take a deep breath. That's me. But if this is a one possession game in the fourth quarter, I'll come on next week and cut a promo and we'll all scream together. Like this, this needs to be a 40 point win. Okay. This one has to be. So we assume it will be. And if that's the case, then you get to see Kyle McCord. I want to see Kyle McCord, but if, if CJ Stroud is sailing guys in this game and he goes 16 of 25, I am very concerned at that point. This needs to be one of those 80% completion, borderline looks like a scrimmage, throw four TDs, you're out by the mid-third quarter kind of games. That's what this needs to be. Yeah, I completely agree. And we were just talking about this in the last segment. What? How do you assess what they're doing with the running backs right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, we're all happy, and the right guy was playing the most. I mean, yeah. look what Travion Henderson did. He's accomplishing goals out there. Name, image, and likeness things. We'll get to them in the second hour. Things are falling from the sky for that guy. Yeah. But how does Mayan Williams look like he looked in week one, and then he doesn't done step onto the football field? That's just strange, is it not? It's really strange. It's enough to make you wonder if Ryan Day is trying to keep guys happy because it's one of the few positions you can do that. You can't do that at quarterback. You can't make Jack Miller happy. You just can't no. do it. But at running back, you can. You can get this guy 18, this guy 12, and this guy 5. It's been very interesting, though, that Mayan Williams... Okay, Master Teague was the incumbent, we all assumed. And I think all of us were smart enough to know that Travion Henderson was the best guy and the eventual winner. But Master Teague was the incumbent. Then Mayan Williams comes out, and he's the guy against Minnesota. And Master Teague disappears off the face of the earth. And now we think it's going to be Mayan and Trey. Then Trey goes nuclear against Tulsa. And Mayan's totally missing. It's very random. It feels like we're trying to make everyone happy. I don't get it. I just know that if I have 35 carries a week, the biggest part of that pie has to go to Travion Henderson. Has to. And I'm talking 65 to 75% of the carries every week. Dave Holmes, our guest, talk about keeping guys happy. Dallas Gant put his name into the transfer portal today. One of the guys that going into the season, you thought, okay, he's going to be in that linebacking rotation that had zero starts among the guys that you were fixing to have at those positions. And week by week, I I think his snap counts decreased, and that's probably what pushed him over the edge. But what does that do? You lose an older player, and not necessarily a guy that had played a bunch, but an older player. And then with the Josh Proctor injury, does this Ohio State defense now just turn to the youth movement? Say, all right, young guys, and the old guys kind of either Step up or step back. Yeah, major youth movement. I think that's happening. I think no matter what, we saw it a little bit with Denzel Burke, Cam Martinez. We saw some of the secondary guys play. I think it's going to go universal. I think you're going to see a lot more of JT Tuomolo. I think you're going to see a little more Jack Sawyer. I think you're going to see it all over the field. What it says to me is that they don't exactly know who their 11 guys are. They didn't know it in the spring. They don't know it in week four. I used to work in Toledo. Dallas Gant is a god up there coming out of St. John's. People couldn't wait. The number of people I had back in August, oh, we can't wait to see Dallas Gant finally. And when we were going to Big Ten Media Day in Indianapolis, I believe we assumed Dallas Gant would be 
one of the guys going. We thought he was, you know, we had him penciled in as the linebacker yeah. who was the safest guy to play snaps. They went downhill in a hurry. The snaps, not Gant. They went downhill in a hurry, so now he's out of here. So to me, it just says the defense doesn't know who they are, and, and they don't know their guys. Gant thought he was the guy. He's not. I'm not going to say it's a colossal loss to the defense because he wasn't playing yeah. that much to be that. It's concerning to me, though, that you can get these guys who are four-star players, bring them in, they sit for several years and wait their chance, and they're still not ready to roll, apparently by Ohio State standards. Well, one of the questions, boys, that was asked a lot at the press conference this week was about identity. And they didn't really have a good answer. Like they Ryan, they didn't one. have a good answer because no. there, honestly, no, there is no identity. I mean, no. we thought this was going to be like the bullet defense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's gone. I mean, come on, like yeah, there's just <laughs> you're been going too double high safety looks. So you're too not having many a bullet. guys just shuffling yeah, in. I mean, you're already yeah. switching things up with your defensive play calling duties. You don't have an identity. Right, at so this one point. more it's question: Do you think one. all of these questions that we have, Dave, will be answered this time next week, or by at least nope. the end of oh. the Akron game? No, it won't be. And that's not at the, all. that's the no. problem with Akron is you really learn nothing. And C.J. Stroud is. Pro- I'll say this: You learn something by what goes wrong if cj stroud like i said goes 11 of 22 for 180 yards then the sky is falling and it's time it's time to make a change right i don't think that will happen because it's akron but to your point tulsa was tulsa and that somehow got interesting so i think i don't think we're going to feel better about ohio state next week i think we'll be right where we are i think we just might feel worse if one or two things go terribly wrong Neutral is winning this game by fifty. Exactly. Yeah. And they, getting to the Rutgers. You game win this fifty. You win this fifty-five to ten, and we all say, "Okay, next is Rutgers." Yep. That's kind of it's then a we'll shrug, shoulder shrug. Okay, let's if go. If you, to the you got problems at the half no, Rutgers. against Rutgers, oh. and we're thinking about their S, right? Then we got a situation. Yeah, if that turns into twenty-seven to twenty-four, I think, uh-huh. yeah, you panic. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, you panic. You're gonna add, They're adding that S this season. Uh-huh. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> bud. Dave Holmes, everybody. Thanks for coming in, ma'am. Thanks, guys. Yep, we'll see you next week. All right, what in particular has one of the Ohio State coaches losing sleep at night? We will tell you next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Whatever you're doing right now, just know that Bo Bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon. Even if this promo is playing in the morning, no judgment. Ah, sweet morning drinking. The fan. If the colors scarlet and gray made a sound, that sound would be this. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Eric Reeser hanging out with all of you fine Buckeye fans tonight. We've got Saturday fun coming up. And you can join the fan for the Ozone Tailgate online for the best game day tailgate in town. Catch the pregame show with Matty Ice and Tyvis Powell. That's at 2 p.m. Listen to live music and watch the game if you're not headed inside. Be sure to bring cash. Be sure to bring cash for your favorite tailgate refreshments. Don't show them your phone. Don't try and pay in Bitcoin. Cash. Dead presidents is all they will accept. For your favorite tailgate refreshment. The Ozone Tailgate Online is sponsored by Kohler and Buckeye Power Sales. White Claw, your local Columbus Hyundai dealer, and Jack Daniels. See you on Saturday. And Tim and I will talk to you on Saturday from noon to two. Right before Maddie and Tybus. Yeah, special show. Yep. More local shows. The more the merrier on the weekend. We get the distinct advantage of being able to do the noon games and a kind of around the country look. Like That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, we'll just get we'll have the two screen double screens. We got double screeners. Why don't we get games? We have the screens behind us because of fan TV. We don't have have the. the I say for that day we just get football on them. There were times uh, plenty of football on for four screens. You kidding me? So we will have the Notre Dame Wisconsin game to talk about Georgia and Vanderbilt. Ooh, get excited for that one. 
I'm pumped for Rutgers, Michigan. 3.30 at the big house. Tale of 3-0 and teams going in the right direction, both those programs right now. We'll get into that in the next segment yes. in the college football polls because that is, that is a very intriguing game. I agree with you. Who would have thought it would be? <laughs> I would not have. At this stage of the game, and we'll get into that. So, Larry Johnson, right? Everybody loves Larry. He's, yes. He's an impossible guy to dislike. When you talk about some of the more likable figures around the block O, what this guy has produced, the class in which he does it, how he is revered by all of his players. I mean, as legitimate as it gets, you probably saw Draymond Jones and his thoughts on urban. I mean, that was a big, huge, big, huge story in advance of that game. Was anybody, but was anybody shocked? I I don't mean to digress too much about, no, but I'm just the point. No, I don't think, I don't think really many people were that shocked to hear someone who had urban Meyer rub him the wrong way. no, but you would never, ever hear anything come close to like that no. about Larry Johnson from a guy that played for him. I mean, it's it's just all love, family type of atmosphere. And you're getting into positional coaches. I understand that. And that's probably more of the job when you get down to that level. Handle your group. Handle your room. Treat them like family. Everything is delegated down into how it's done. But... That guy's done it, done it incredible. But he is the guy that I was talking about, and uh, he's someone who's been losing sleep. And when his group doesn't create and generate the pressure that we're used to seeing from these superstar Buckeye defensive linemen, the stud ends, the three techniques, the tackles on the interior, when they don't do it, he said this week he hopped on the press conference after Ryan Day was up there yesterday said I don't sleep well when we can't get pressure on the quarterback he said no excuse we got to get to the quarterback our guys know that my room knows that I know that then he said the thing about not sleeping well he said if we do that we'll change the game we'll change the game yes. immediately that's what we're going to go what we're going to do going forward look to find ways to get to the QB that means changing personnel putting the right guys on the field to get it done. But the bottom line is we got to get it done. And it starts with me. I appreciate that. I, I hope it's not going to be too much longer into the season where we're working through different guys. I'll be completely honest. I don't remember doing a ton of stories about him. We talk about pretty much every single Buckeye at one point in time. Like I remember Cormonte Hamilton. Well, from doing on the trail segments. Yeah. I did not remember Cowan, who appeared at defensive end for the Buckeyes in the Tulsa game. And he was involved out there. He had a couple of negative plays go against him. He did not grade out as a champion. So Jacoby Cowan was a guy that you might see more. Cormonte Hamilton switching from tight end to a defensive line. One of those cool position switches that you've heard of where you had, you know, uh, Cade Stover going from the defensive side of the ball to being a tight end. There might be a chance you see Cade Stover back in his original position. Before Who the heck knows? God, I no idea. You don't want to do it at this point because he's been acclimated in the he's, tight end room. I think he's been doing it well, yeah, and he's been playing pretty well. Yeah, and he's been out there and playing a lot of snaps. But Tyleek Williams is one of these young guys that he talked about, and that is a big boy, and he's actually shed some pounds, and he had the uh, game-saving sack. Yep. 
And now we just need guys like Jack Sawyer and JTT to keep getting those reps. And when Zach comes back, Zach Harrison has to walk that walk. He's got to be that freak of nature that we expect him to be. Yeah, we've been saying we were saying that going into the season, and it, it has not manifested itself. And I think that's really where, for me, it starts on the defense. You know, when you were talking at the beginning of the year of of going to that single high, or of going to the four two five look. Excuse me, they've been single high for a while. It's really predicated on your pass rush. Like you got to get home for any of that to work. That Alabama game is a completely different game if they're able to get home. I mean, every loss for Ohio State over the past couple of years, and there haven't been many of them, have been predicated on the fact that they just were never able to commit anything to a pass rush. You know, Anthony Brown was very comfortable back there in that Oregon game, and the same thing with Brim. It was a Tulsa game where, you know, there was no pressure on the quarterback, and then on third down, they they did not get them off the field to a maddening degree. And if... Zach doesn't make that play because Larry said it like you get home to the quarterback. That's like what a guy. That's why a cave on Thibodeau is so sought after Yep, because you can win a football game. It could be the when you are. When you are right up against it, it doesn't happen against Minnesota. If that what happens in that game, right. if he doesn't get that play and, and flip that, what happens in that game? I don't It I might don't. have masked some of the issues that we got to. A few weeks later, and it has the making the, that play. the names that Ohio State has had defensive or on a defensive end position, and I'm not going to go over them because there's so many of them. They play on Sunday, so you know who they are. They are are able to cover up warts for the rest of the defense by just getting home or taking up three guys or two guys and, and a running back, or they're just able to cause so much chaos and havoc for another offense right. and late game pressure too, because you've got like a second wave of guys yeah. that also you can keep get rotating home the dudes without blitzing that have no problem getting home. Yeah. So you're able to go for guys instead at a Tulsa game where you're not able to send your front four or you're not able to get anything with your front four, the crowd and all, you know, all the coaches in the stands are screaming blitz. You, you have to blitz, but you can't blitz because then that takes away a guy who's in coverage and then you're just completely Completely leaving guys on an island to get picked apart. You need to see a disruptive game. We're talking about things you want to see. Like you can't. It has to start. It has to start with your pass rush. Much better after Akron, but you need to see some disruption against this Akron offensive line for sure. All right, a bad piece of news for that team trying to earn an extra letter on their name. Tell you what happened and much more as we keep our finger on the college football pulse. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan. Hot sports takes and 90 second movie reviews from their dumb producer. Now that's a recipe for success. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Weekday mornings at 9. The fan. It's time for the College Football Pulse on the Buckeye Show. Sponsored by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Timmy Hall and Eric Reeser and you. All of our fine Buckeye fans hanging out together on a Wednesday. Just want to remind you. Go and check out and download that Buckeye Show podcast. If you ever miss an episode, you can get it right in your feed, right on your mobile phone. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Anywhere you want to listen. Give us a nice little review and a rating, and that would be awesome. If you missed some of this week's content already, you didn't check out yesterday. We had uh, the legendary beat reporter Tim May giving his thoughts on the attendance issues at Ohio Stadium. That were very interesting, and also the quarterback situation with C.J. Stroud and what he was seeing in camp leading up to it, and his thoughts there. So check that out. Some college football randomness before I let you go, Bodie. 
because Eric Reeser and I were just getting lost in a little ESPN wormhole. We're, we're looking at Heisman things and we're talking about like which guys would have popped up, like who are the stats guys, because he threw out Desmond Ritter's name from Cincinnati. And I said, yeah, Desmond Ritter, he's very nice, nice player, undefeated, but He's not. He hasn't been a big stats guy so far. He did have the 12 rushing touchdowns last year. He only threw 19 touchdown passes. And that's just, despite them being very, very good, that wasn't nearly enough to get you close to the Heisman Trophy. And we're going through some of those other names, and Sam Howell was the one that we stopped on for North Carolina. I think yep. that was a big popular name coming into the season. Very sexy. And then going Eric the reminds air. me, well, they lost that first game. I'm like, yeah, North Carolina, right out of the gates. All their players, right? No, we don't want an expanded college football playoff. No, we don't want that. We wanted to stick with four. Well, guess what? In that world, you lose that first game. Program like North Carolina, you're dead. Bye. Bye. Stay home, then. Well, uh, Sam Howell, though. He put up some big time numbers in those games that followed. He had a couple. Yeah, he he's got two have. consecutive 100 yard rushing games and two consecutive 300 yard passing games. One of those, the latest one, he threw uh, five touchdowns, five touchdown passes against UVA. And also, by the way, why does Virginia Tech always screw up their good early wins? They're the ones that beat North Carolina, yep. who was sort of that second darling team in the ACC next to Clemson. And who the heck knows? North Carolina might. Might circle the wagons, wind up being better than Clemson when it's all said and done this year. But Virginia Tech just lost on the road to West Virginia, 27-21, who Maryland beat already this season. Yeah, Big Ten East, not looking so bad this season. Big Ten East. What do you think of the Big Ten East, Bodie? Has anybody in the Big Ten East lost besides I hate to bring this up besides High State. I think Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Maryland. I'm missing somebody. Unbeaten? Am I missing some? I think I'm missing one team in there, right? Missing Indiana? Indiana oh, yeah. is bad uh, right now. Yeah. And even they really, I mean, they're probably better. I would argue they're, they're better, better than, than their that. record. Yeah, but. yeah. Tom Allen would have to. Tom Allen is a culture guy, right? So he is going to get Indiana doing the things that they do well. I mean, shoot. It was Michael Penix turning the football over that shot themselves in the foot against Cincinnati. Well, I, I also think the... In three picks. An three egregious picks targeting game. call. The targeting call on Micah <laughs> McFadden. If he doesn't go out of that game, because remember, That's at the time he got too. the targeting penalty, uh, Indiana was up 14 to nothing, and they had gotten all 14 or both those touchdowns off of short fields, provided they just harassed Desmond Ritter. They That's, gave up a kickoff true. return, Cincinnati. Yeah. So, so, kinda... so when you think about how they have a player that looks as good as, as Micah does... yeah. He's going to be available for you. You got to make sure that you keep the head out of the play so you don't get yourself taken out of a game. Questionable call, whatever. That's just. Indiana is still going to be one of those. It almost makes it worse now that their record is so lousy, yes. right? That's that's that the biggest thing. That makes it even more dangerous. Because you got to go on the road. You have to go to Indiana to if you're Indiana State. when they are feeling you know, bad or. That's the thing that Tom Allen could do. You would think they would feel bad about themselves, but they might wind up getting up for that game and finding a way to just limp to bowl eligibility. And in in the days before the last two years, when Indiana started to think about, could we be something more? Could we be something more than a six or seven win team? Could we approach maybe an eight, nine, ten win season? It could be tough for them this year. But they're always going to fight. Indiana's first loss of the year, like I was a damn good football team, and they jumped. Right down Indiana's throat, and the Hoosiers couldn't yeah. recover from that. And game. then they lost so, to a top ten team. You're absolutely right. Indiana being not as not good as they are right now uh, doesn't do, bode well for Ohio State, especially yeah, going to Bloomington because they will get up for that game. But Panix has to get better, or they have to make a switch to Tuttle. 
he's got to get better. I mean, I'm sure their their fans are looking at the same I don't know if Tom Allen's things. the guy to do that, though. Well. To make that switch to the guy that kind of carried them last year. I listened to you know some I mean? of his press conference as well, and he thought that he looked a little bit you know, more like Michael Penix and a little bit more comfortable, but he still had some of those interception plays that you you can't turn the football over and be good teams. You just can't do it at that rate. We'll start off here with a little college football playoff talk. The college football playoff board of managers has delayed the vote on the proposed 12-team format, which was supposed to happen next week. The vote was supposed to uh, take place next week, that is. You could take this for whatever it's worth, I guess. Notre Dame's athletic director, who was uh, part of the board of managers, said that it was one of the best meetings they've ever had. Oh. I don't really know what that means, but whatever. Sources did say that there's some support now uh, to further explore an eight-team model. So I guess I don't know if the 12 teams just like dead or if just it's. But basically, long story short, as we kind of learned a couple months ago with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, Everything's just kind of like totally thrown off the train tracks, and I don't really know what's going to happen next with the playoff. But I, yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> it's pretty. It's freaking annoying as a fan to keep getting these updates about something that isn't really even close to happening yet. It's so far off into the future. You're shoving this twelve game idea down our throats. Then it becomes eight. I mean, it. it every single poll that we looked at. Almost every fan, it was up, it was north of 90%. All of you wanted some kind of expansion. Not everybody was all for 12, but almost everybody collectively wanted to see it at least grow to eight. I was becoming uh, fine with the fact of 12 teams. Yeah. I hope it winds up getting there someday. I just think that having the little bit, a little bit extra, a little bit more teams in the fight makes the college football season more exciting. You get to see some of... Look at us right now. Early season struggles, big power brand schools that may have you know a, a six-game, maybe even an eight- to ten-game journey to completely find themselves with the youth that's here, adjust some things schematically, new quarterback, defense is out of whack. You just never know. We don't really, we haven't had to think about things like that or address things like this in quite a while. But a 12-team playoff, it just sort of is a nice little security blanket for for programs and cities like us. And I think it it gets a lot more, you know, new faces to the party as well. I do wonder if they shot out of the cannon with the 12-team playoff knowing that they would have to come down from that number. Maybe they, they do well, a, ready fire a gigantic aim. number and say, well, we can be talked into eight. And there's you know always going to be uh, negotiating points they're going to have to make. I guess reportedly from that meeting, the SEC and Notre Dame wanted no automatic qualifiers uh, in the eight-team model. Uh, the group of five or those representing uh, schools and conferences in that group of five wanted the automatic qualifying. And then there's the Rose Bowl that came out and said that they still want to have their day and their play but also be part of the college football playoff. So I, I do think we're a little ways away um, from this actually, from actually being to see anything clearly. Like this is still clear as mud and it's not going to be filtered out, I don't think, anytime soon, especially when they have meetings like this where, sure, Jack Swarbrick can come out and say it was the best meeting we've ever had, but <laughs> then they're just kicking the can down the road for the next one, which could be in months. What you have to do, boys, is you have to start with a Mike Leach 64 team proposal <laughs> and then, then you can then they'll be glad to come down sure. oh, we'll do 32 then and we'll be fine there <laughs>
All right, what's next? Next, we'll uh, switch over to Rutgers football here. Got some bad news as they're set to take on Michigan this Saturday. They have suspended two of their defensive backs, Max Melton and Chris Long, the former Rams defensive end. Apparently, he's playing defensive back now for the Rutgers. Got eligibility. <laughs> right. Not that guy. He doesn't really play yeah, for them. But no. the, the important one is that Max Melton name. Correct. That's, Long's that's not basically good. just a backup kind of special teams guy. But Melton, by all accounts, is uh, probably their best defensive back. The two were arrested on Monday night. They were. This is not great here. They were reportedly shooting other students. I hate to laugh, but uh, it kind of makes me laugh, I guess. Uh, what They were shooting them with paintball guns from a car, which, you know, turns out, apparently you can get in trouble for that. Absolutely. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> and, uh, yes, yeah, so Rutgers, like I mentioned, they are set to play Michigan this Why Saturday. Why don't you go try that and see how it works out <laughs> for you? Disturbing <laughs> house, and you're saying, apparently you can get in trouble for that. You're driving around, <laughs> shooting bystanders with paintball. And not knowing that they're in a paintball fight. But yeah, they're uh, set to take on Michigan this Saturday. And what honestly is probably their biggest game, and God knows how long I saw yes. a stat today. Obviously, both teams are 3-0, and and this is uh, the first time Rutgers has started off 3-0 and since 2012. So Yeah, this is... What a mistake. Bad news. Yeah. What a mistake. So do we know, do we know, did you say there for a fact, is he going to be out of the Michigan game? Suspended, I assume, means he's missing at least that's one what game. I, that's how I you don't took suspend it. a guy for Wednesday, yeah, Thursday, days. Friday practice. Well, unless you're right? Cam yeah. Newton, then he gets suspended for... Uh, was it remember for the whatever year that was for the SEC championship game? He was suspended and for he practice. was not supposed to play against South Carolina and he played. <laughs> so, well, just means more, baby. He, d- he did. Well, what's the excuse? Well, we suspended him, but then he exceeded and met our <laughs> expectations during that suspension. Yeah, but he didn't even miss a game. So Yeah, but they handled it internally. Internally. Yep. You guys don't need to worry about yeah, that. Don't worry about this. Yeah, you don't worry about any of that. We have my we have our sources. So bad form. Really bad form. And I'm assuming that Greg Schiano and the time that he's been back at Rutgers, he did not recruit this young man, but he's a talented guy. And you mentioned the brother, Bo Melton, a really good wide receiver who's one of their top playmakers. Got to be one of the best players on the football team. Yes. Max is a very good player as well. You can't have that. You can't be going into this kind of this kind of program game. Greg Chiano's talking about how we are out there to prove a point. We are out there to prove that we belong. And then you have this. Let me give you a little bit of Greg Shiano. I actually like listening to Greg's press conference and what he's doing with Rutgers. You guys know how I feel, how I felt for a long time that Rutgers belonged in the Big Ten, and it's it's weekends like this that made me want to be in this league. So we're we're excited about the opportunity. We're going to go out there and see how we stack up. And they've got a lot of work to do to actually belong in the Big Ten. Who the heck knows? Maybe this guy is actually digging them out of that giant hole. He's going to keep chopping. Just chop. I wonder if if you're Max Melton and and Chris Long, you you sit down with Shiano and say, okay, the team can shoot us with a paintball gun if you let us play. No, you have to have the the students. You have to have the people that they shot. Right. Okay, that's even better. That's 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 justice. Here we go. Yeah, let's do some street justice right here. You and paintballs, you can play against Michigan, (laughs) but you're taking paintball shots and you can only wear a cup. And And safety goggles. And safety goggles, you're right. And a helmet. All right, fine. We'll protect the most important things, but... Ah, those, those people weren't wearing helmets that they shot. We'll give you the goggles and... The cup, like you said. Okay. That's fair. Protect the boys. That's justice. Paintball for a paintball. Because then you go to the NCAA and say, yeah, we handle it. You know. Externally. We. 
The only thing that we did in college, and you know, we got a great kick, great laugh out of this, and it was safe. Just hiding in a dark room and chucking water balloons out of the third story window of the dorms is really good oh, fun. Oh, you were one of those guys, huh? Really good fun. The worst. Can you get arrested for that? The worst. No, you can get campus security calls. That's assault. They what cannot the, arrest. Is that assault? Uh, I don't know. Depends on what, what was in those water <laughs> balloons, huh? Oh my God. Is it just water? You killed a short woman. <laughs> She's only four foot nine and it, it, it didn't do, didn't do her well. Got her right on the head. Was with the biggest water balloon in the bucket there. And she's what? Never gonna be the same. Is this what you did? No, uh-huh. no. I'm just trying to envision like how would a water balloon situation really go bad? You know? I don't think Could you I, kill again, somebody with the water unless balloon. Unless it's not H2O. Someone those, slipped in, on the water and then balloons. cracked their head or something. I suppose it could happen. Yes. But I mean the, the funniest thing that did happen was somebody came up to the room. Because they were that pissed off. Yeah, no kidding. Right? <laughs> you water balloon. Just something that happened. They it weren't didn't thrilled. Even, it wasn't even a direct uh-huh. hit. It was just a guy trying to be upset about it instead of just. You don't get to litigate how people feel about you throwing walk, water balloons just at them. Walk on like the rest of the people. Just keep going. No, I'm, I'm with him. Flip us the I'm bird. Finding you. Give us a. You know, yell some expletives at us and then keep on going. He came up to the room and we just. We're hiding under the you desk. You hid. You yeah. continued to hide. You <laughs> can see our legs sticking out and everything. We didn't care. All right. Travion Henderson is RB1 yes. right now. Why does that have more than one meaning? We will tell you next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Constantly interrupting valuable airtime to sell $3 stickers. What a business plan. The fan, Ohio sports destination. All Buckeyes all the time. You're welcome. This is the Buckeye Show on the fan. Yes, it is. Timmy Hall and Eric Reeser hanging out with you guys on a Wednesday night. We are past the center point of the week now. Well into the 7 o'clock hour. Welcome to Thursday. Welcome to Thursday. It's basically Friday. It's pretty much game day for I mean, Akron. game day's here. Pretty much. And on game day, you can join the fan for the Ozone Tailgate Online for the best game day tailgate in town. Catch the pregame show with Matty Ice and Tyvis Pallets at 2 p.m. Listen to live music and watch the game. If you're not headed inside, be sure to bring cash for your favorite tailgate refreshments. They won't take Bitcoin. They won't take your cell phone. Bring cash if you want to get a drink. The Ozone Tailgate Online. It's sponsored by TNT Equipment, Pepsi Zero, Capital City Concrete, and Corona. See you on Saturday. All right, so... First of all, with this Travion Henderson thing, is he really RB1? Yes. Is he, though? Yes. Why? Because he broke a record set by Archie Griffin. I know, last but week. until I see like that the earned- official depth chart out there. I guess not technically. You're right. I mean, I'm, just, You're right. I'm just trying to be You're a fish. Right. I'm, I mean, official. R- RB1 for uh, the three games has been different. There has not been an RB1. Been different. Yes. Yeah. Like the depth chart, you you even brought this up on this show, like in, in one of the commercial breaks. Probably. So I guess you didn't bring it up on this show. But you said something about if you had any Ohio State fan try to write out a depth chart for I was, every I, upcoming I said, game. I five beat reporters. It'd be a tough, t- tough situation right now. Write out Ohio State's depth chart against Akron. You would get five different depth charts. Charts. Now, they'd all have the same general players. Right. But where Offensive they were in terms pretty, of the ones and the twos. Pretty good. It'd be different. Olave, Garrett Wilson, clearly. We don't, Jackson you don't Smith know what's Jigler, happening with Thayer Munford. Guy. That's still... Yeah, you're right. Just an injury. You know that Matt Jones 
pretty much is solidified in the, as the guy that will come in for him, though. Yes. Who came in at left guard. But as far as defensive linemen, so I guess I you don't, don't know what the status of Zach Harrison is. If Travion's yeah. RB1, but he should be. How could he not? I don't know how. How could he you not could after that? Explain right. away Go out there and be that the first performance guy. and say, well, we just didn't think he was doing enough at practice this week. But he you could would, do nothing at practice this week because he broke a record set by Archie Griffin. The point is, after a performance like that, don't you deserve a little attaboy pat yeah. on the back? And guess what? You're the starting running yes. back. You should deserve the Ohio State University. The head coach you of got your team now. to say he is RB1. He's our but RB's starting running back. has named him RB1. There you go. Double meaning right there. Pretty good. So congratulations to Travion Henderson for the work that he's put in. This really is remarkable that he has kept himself ready to go. Yeah. Whatever I mean, it, has been needed. I think there have been a lot of Travion Savas. Okie dokie. Look, I don't want to I don't want to brush this aside because I think there have been a lot of people that have come up through the high school ranks and they have been athletic freaks. It's one thing to be bigger, faster, stronger, just in a vacuum than everybody else around you. It is another thing entirely to have that football talent combined with all of that translate quickly to the next level. This works in all different shapes and sizes, right? And it has and it's got different time stamps on it as well for when these guys ramp up and kick it into high gear. What Travion Henderson is doing right now, and it's even more of a credit to him in that a lot of the reporters and people on the Ohio State beat and, and you and me, we were expecting it. We were predicting this guy to do this. Yeah. That's End also incredible. And now he's <laughs> Now he's showing us he didn't have a high school football season. No. You talk about a pandemic casualty. Travion Henderson should have been it. That would have been the excuse for that guy to take a little bit longer, but it's not. Credit to him, man. Travion, awesome. You are awesome. Everything that you're doing, congrats on that record. Yeah. So he should be a running back one for you the rest of the season. He gets you some Arby's, too. So what the you hell? You have the roast beef. What the hell are they going to be doing with RB2? Because that's the other question. Because, I mean, you know, I think Trevion had 24 carries against Tulsa. So that's a good number. I think that's the number you want against Akron. Maybe not. Well, 24 is probably good. But if the Akron game goes the way we think or hope or want, it'd be over by halftime. And then RB2 comes in. Who's that going to be? Because last week it was Master Teague. I don't know. The week before that, it was Mayan Williams. The week before that, it was Travion Henderson. That, I honestly couldn't tell you. I I think it's flipping a coin at this point. It is going to be predicated as to who has the better week of practice. They are telling us that right now. Who has the better week of practice? Mayan Williams or Master Teague? I don't know if it's determined yet. Wednesday night. Who uh, is... Has I guess not as developed as quickly as we would have liked to have hoped in C.J. Stroud. Wouldn't you want to have that a little more short up then? Well, he had a better week of practice, so he's going to get the second round. Yeah, it's not really one of those Wouldn't positions. You like it, to? I, I hear what you're saying. Not really one of those positions traditionally where you let that kind of thing happen. You pick the quarterback. You need to let him take his lumps. You need to let him work the offense. 
get through some of those overthrows. Because mine and Master provide two very different styles of running, two very different styles of pass protection, two very different styles of catching the ball out of the backfield. And then Travion Henderson is just like a, a joystick. But you can't give him 40 carries. I mean, you could. He'd be probably be okay with it. He would be okay with it, but <laughs> I, I don't so. need to see that. No, I'm no. with you. Maybe against the team up north, because they're going to have a pair of running backs that will probably have 50 carries. It'd be fun to see if this Travion... I mean, I'm this Travion sh- kid. This Travion kid, right? <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see him go north of 300. And I think somebody pointed out on social media this past week, crazy to consider what Travion Henderson did breaking Archie Griffin's freshman rushing record for a single game. And he got shoestring tackled yeah. early in the contest. It looked like it could have gone for 65 or 70 yards or so. I mean, when you when you think about that, like when he's out there on the loose, he's gone. Oh, yeah. Now, when he hits space. By the way, too, like he's getting some cool endorsement deals. Yeah. He's not just getting like some of these companies like, oh, I've never heard of that. Or you're not just like a one of the 10 million barstool athletes that they are, you know, giving some love to. Yeah. He just got himself a new ride. He just got himself some roast beef sandwiches. He's RB1. He's, he's a RB, baby. Arby's. Yeah. Let's go. And I think the, the love's love going it. to continue for him. But I just got to figure out. I mean, I think there, some love needs to be, I guess, directed toward one person as RB2. Because this isn't sustainable. All right. We are going to hear, speaking of RB1, QB1 for now. Due to an injury, we're led to believe... Oh, Dalton's dead man walking. Justin Fields... Dalton's the walking dead. If we're listening to Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton's the quarterback when healthy. But he ain't going to be there this weekend because Justin Fields is starting when the Bears play the Browns. So hold on to your butt, Eric Reeser. Justin Fields is coming to town. Uh We're going to get to hear from him next. We'll talk about how we think he's going to look after he took his lumps against Cincinnati. What a freakish game that was. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. We like football. And if you like football, we highly encourage you to listen to Morning Juice. It's great. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan. Where every segment is another Buckeye surprise. You've got the Buckeye Show. All right, we're going to hear some comments from one of the future greatest quarterbacks to ever live Justin Fields when he gets the ball rolling in his NFL career. In week but four. First we here at the Buckeye Show we're brought to you by our friends at Moo Moo Express Car Wash. That's the home of the Unlimited Wash Club and also by Tire Choice. With 85 locations in the Buckeye State it's your top choice. Not only for major tires but auto service too. Save $15 on any premium oil change when you mention the Buckeye Show in this ad, for details and the store nearest you, check out thetirechoice.com. Justin Fields, what was your reaction when you were told you were going to start this Sunday? I think it was, you know, pretty pretty much even killed. Um, you know, I, I think I had a good idea that I was, you know, might possibly start. So I wasn't really surprised by it, but, um, you know, just, just, uh, just kind of focused and, you know, uh, just trying to get prepared for Sunday. One more on Justin, how the focus isn't really winning the job, it's playing the best that he can play. I think, you know, every time I go in, I, I have that mindset. Um, of course, I'm, I'm going to go out there on Sunday and play my best, and of course, just, just try to come out with the win. And, and that's my main focus. My main focus isn't, you know, winning the starting job. You know, I think that's going to come with time. So 
Um, my main focus right, right now is just to prepare the best I can. All right, you're not getting a Justin Fields at this stage of the game that is talking about you know taking the world by storm and wanting to be the best quarterback that ever lived. He is taking a different approach to this. I think that's a smart move. I think with everything that is going on in that town, and he knows, you know, that you are at the center of this firestorm of the quarterback situation for the Chicago Bears. And it's Andy Dalton right here. Mm. Andy flipping Dalton right mm-hmm. here. And the hot and upcoming Justin Fields right there. And we can talk about that first performance for a second. No, he got humbled a little bit. That was not great for Justin Fields. I'm hoping that that was a good way to take the edge off. See that linebacker pop out? You don't know he's sitting right there. You throw a miserable interception that could have caught you the game. Eric, we couldn't believe what we were watching. My son and I. He's a big Bengal fan. Jack loves him. And it was that situation where there's really not even a reason to watch anymore, except for Justin Fields was getting on the field, right? right. As an Ohio State fan. For the most to part. see how one of these young rookie QBs was going to look. That must have been... They're always throwing those next-gen stats up there, right? Of course. What do you think that percentage win was for Cincy? Had to be below a percent. Yeah, less than a percent. Had to be, right? Nine-tenths. How could it have not? Yeah. 0.9, 0.8. They get one stop. They they score that touchdown. And what was there? Over three? I want to say there was over three minutes on the clock. I think When so. Burrow threw the second touchdown pass. And they had all there was time. three timeouts. That's what I had said to myself. And Two watching. minute warning. All three timeouts. Bengals fans on Twitter go down. like, oh, there's a chance. Yeah. No, there really was a chance. Yeah. If since he got the ball back with how Joe Burrow was reinvigorated after the three straight interceptions with two straight touchdown passes, one of them a pretty little bomb, and Jamar Chase makes the nice little step-in move to yeah, score the touchdown. That was pretty. That was great on him. That was some of that LSU magic. I know what you're doing. You know where you're going to cut. Yep. I'm going to lay this inside on the hash for you, and you're going to go and make a beautiful catch. I couldn't believe how they were one stop away, and I was so pissed off that the defense, of course, they toy with you. That's what Cincinnati does. Uh That's what the Reds are doing with you. You're a Cincinnati fan. Don't expect anything great to happen. Just expect your teams to suck. That way, you won if you're heartbroken, because we wanted that one stop to see what could happen, and you didn't get it. Well, you know what had happened in that game? It was third and nine at Chicago 26. Fields takes a scramble. Justin Fields converts. You know what? That's what he can do. If he did nothing else in that game... Who is it? Hendricks, uh, Hendrickson from the, the weak side was trying to get him. And he did the little step out move, right? Like he almost had the heels yep. and he does the little, ah, I'm going to step out, keep my balance. And then off to the races, get to the chains and move them. Yeah. Game over. And that's what you get from a guy like Fields that you do not get from a guy like Andy Dalton. And it was interesting to go back to that first cut where Fields, uh, when he was you know, talking about being named the starter, said, I, I, I kind of had an idea. Yet on Monday, you had his goofy-ass head coach, Matt Nagy, say, well, when uh, Andy's healthy, he's our starter, and then not answer uh, something about, you know, is Fields going to start? He's like, I'm not going to answer questions about scheme at this time, which has nothing to do with the health of your your quarterback. And then he has a PR person come back in and say, when healthy, Andy Dalton is the Chicago Bears starting quarterback, and something I've never heard of before. Like, the coach answers the questions or he doesn't answer the questions. and send a, a PR lackey back in there yeah. how to bad, have an uncomfortable you know, how conversation with How bad of a look is that? Really bad. But it's been a summer. It's been a summer of bad looks for Matt Nagy as uh, head coach of the Chicago Bears team. And uh, look, they 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 got a win against the Bengals, and the Browns are a different animal. And I don't just say that as a, a, a fervent fan of Cleveland, but you've got a defensive front for the Browns that's just a little bit better. 
than what the Bengals were showing it's, last it's, week. It's also people are bringing up the Drew Bledsoe Tom Brady situation with That's this. That's exactly what I saw against uh, for the Bears. Like, what are we talking about? Oh no, you know what's better? The Alex Smith and the Patrick Mahomes one. That's Drew Bledsoe was a long time quarterback for the New England Patriots. He had taken them to a Super Bowl. They just didn't win it. Brett Favre got him in that one in the mid-90s. But to say that you were going to treat that situation like you would treat this one where Andy Dalton just showed up 10 seconds ago and you're, you're treating him like some franchise guy that's led you to all these wins and you're just you're like you could understand that in the Patriots situation, right? Where if it was in the early days of Brady starting where you would say... Just want to make it clear, like, Drew Bledsoe is still our quarterback. We love Tom. Tom's doing a great job. Drew Bledsoe is the quarterback of this team. And then, of course, you say that all the while knowing minds can change and situations can change. And look, it, it's, it happens all the time in sports, right? Injuries can be the thing that start off something great. But this is not that, though, because Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. It took something crazy for him to even get his shot. Justin Fields is a guy who's getting his shot. You have invested major assets in Justin Fields. Traded up to get to him. Treat Andy the first Dalton round of the NFL like, draft. Like, oh, this is his job, and whenever he's healthy, it's all him. No! You're going to watch what Fields does these few games, and he's pretty much just going to earn it through his play. Because the interception that he threw, well, Andy Dalton can do that too. He throws really bad picks in the red zone. Anytime you play in prime time, he fumbles the ball. And I know Fields had one of those too, again, but Dalton will do those things for you. What he won't do, he won't get out of hairy situations with his legs. He will not create havoc with his feet. And the thing about it, when you talk about that game just as a whole, Fields wasn't like... You can make an argument that Fields was the best quarterback that day. He didn't throw three back, you know, three interceptions in three consecutive throws. He wasn't Andy Dalton bad. <laughs> That's crazy. That was just a you know, nutty. When game. they needed Fields to make a play, he made a play. Now he got really lucky on a fumble that uh, Cincinnati, for some reason, they were those the defensive players for the Bengals were trying to scoop it and score it instead of falling on it, and it came to Fields. So he. You know, kind of got bailed out by luck there, but that he's a rookie quarterback that's going to have some of those struggles. And oh yeah, the Bears aren't very good, <laughs> so you haven't given him a ton of talent to work around. So there are going to be struggles with this. But I've been saying this from jump: the best case for Matt Nagy to make in keeping his job is I've got this rookie quarterback who we've developed week to week. Let us continue on the path that we're going. And it was so simple, and it was right there for him to do that, but he hasn't done that. And so I, I, I don't think they're going to get the win this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns game. You could hear it here on the fan at 1 o'clock. Uh, but I do expect, I do think Fields is going to improve week to week. He's going to have his struggles because he's a rookie quarterback. But this is a guy that I, I think if you actually invest in him as your starter with the starters reps all week at practice, good things will happen for the Bears. Pretty cool how this is working out for us, though, I will say. I agree. I mean, we are getting all over this Justin Fields debut. Mm. Got him against the Cincinnati Bengals there as Andy Dalton pulled up lame. His first NFL start comes against the Cleveland Browns. First NFL start, Brownies. And after the Browns win, you can hear Chops and I sometime Sunday night. Yeah, when's that going to happen? Uh, between 6-ish, 6 and 7. 6.30-ish. We were at 6.28 last week. There you so go. 6.30. Whenever the, the Browns want to wrap, hey, Chops, and I, Chops and I got gotcha. you. 
they will go they will spin it for a good long while. There's a lot there. There's a look. Yeah. This is a pretty meaty game on Sunday. Considering. Yeah. Like it last is. week last week really wasn't for the Browns. So the Browns Radio Network will have a lot to pa- unpack uh with how things go on Sunday. Browns want to make sure that they look better than they did last week. I have to. Yes. Yeah. They have to look a lot better defensively. You got to look a lot better. We talked about that. The thing that was uh, egging Ohio State against Oregon and Tulsa was the third down percentage. You got to get off the field in third down. Same thing with the Browns. All right. The best with the Bucks on the social front as we do some hashtags. Hashtag Buckeyes is next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Season ticket holder from day one. Us two. Now and forever, your flagship home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The fan, Ohio sports destination. <laughs> Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Taking care of your cellular needs. Mobile Center. Now part of the 5GT mobile network. Timmy Hall and Eric Reister hanging out with all of you fine Buckeye fans here on a Wednesday. I will start off with my hashtags. I will point you in the direction of the Holt Man's Twitter account. Our guy, Chris Holtman. Always good. And that's what the Twitter handle is. Give him a follow. At Chris Holtman, 11 hours ago, he said a Hall of Famer whose life was as significant as it was successful. I will miss you every day. Love you, coach. Rest in peace. And uh, a cool little black and white photo of the coach who he is referring to. I got a lot of questions from basketball fans about this today and uh, the Holtman actually mentioned coach Paul Patterson in an interview here on the Buckeye show. I remember, I remembered this about a year ago and you know, he, he mentioned someone who was an influence to him and I kind of like interjected right then and there and said, you know, who was it? Who was it? If you wouldn't mind. And he, he went into some detail talking about Paul Patterson at Taylor University, where Chris Holtman was a, a player, right? And, and look, like I think what's fascinating, and there's been some, I forget what show I was watching. It was one of the inside college basketball things. It might have been Andy Katz. It might have been somebody else, Seth Davis. But there was a, you know what? I, I think it was, who's the ex-Michigan coach? He was doing some work for Big Ten Network. John Beeline, who's, yes. ter- who's tremendous, who's terrific. He was doing a little piece when he started working for Big Ten Network about the successful college basketball coaches and how you will find a lot of the really successful basketball coaches were not the biggest star players. I think we've noticed that as sports fans in a lot of different sports, right? Where some of the greatest athletes might not translate to being the greatest coaches, but and maybe there's a mentality type of thing there, but Chris Holtman was this hardworking, scrappy guy at Taylor University, and he rose through the ranks. He had to pay his dues. He made a, a difficult decision along the way, right? Leaving a head coaching position to go and become an assistant basketball coach to get a little bit closer to home, closer to one of his mentors like Paul Patterson when he went back to to Indianapolis to be at Butler. And I just I know he was going through a rough time for the last year while, while Paul was, was getting sick and big, uh, big warm hug from the Buckeye show mm-hmm. to the Holt man, because I, I will say it as I've said a thousand times in everybody that I have ever dealt with 
as a coach in this business, nobody has been nicer, easier to work with, more gracious with his time than Chris Holtman. And he's a guy that doesn't have to be because he's really successful at what he has done. He's the head basketball coach at Ohio State. He's the head basketball coach at a Power 5 program in the Big Ten, which is the best college basketball conference. And the guy's just awesome. And I, I, I keep wishing him and hoping for much success for this program. They look to be a pretty good squad this year. They look to be yeah. a, a bona fide top 20 team, and they'll have to earn their way to being you know, a potential Final Four team along the way. That's exactly what last year's team did. Got a hell of a preseason, a non-conference slate to do it. It It is. But we know what he says about that. It's really it's about Big Ten play. <laughs> Whatever oh, yeah. that non-conference season is, it changes when it turns to, to Big Ten Rush play. out the frying pan and the fryer. So I, I like to do, obviously, before games, research on the opponent. And the Akron Zips have played Ohio State eight times. Buckeyes are 7-1 and one all time. The last win for Akron came in 1894. Coach of the Zips, John W. Heisman. The name sounded a little familiar. Well, our friends over mm-hmm. at Buckeye History, the OSU yeah. Archives, yep. have the Ohio State starting depth chart for that varsity 11 of 1994. I don't really know any of the names on it. I just I, the only name that I, I I know is John Heisman, who was on Akron, who was on Akron sidelines, and I want to say he inserted himself into some of that. Just reading it, he was also playing in that game. Which is fine. It's 1894. But the, again, at Buckeye History for the OSU Archives for the Varsity 11 in 1894, have the Ohio State backfield of a right end, a quarterback, a left halfback, a right halfback, and a fullback. You know why? Because there were no such things as wide receivers. But just a really cool thing to look into if you are into that sort of thing. And as I just explained, I'm clearly into that sort of thing. Yes. Before they It's a lot of fun. You would like the Peyton's Places episode where they talked about the evolution of the forward pass. Yeah. Have you seen any of that show yet? I have not yet? seen any of Pretty it. Pretty solid. It's Don't pl- you have the Hulu Plus Disney I have the bundle? Hulu, but I have the Hulu. It did, it's, you it's, a bundle no, that you're I missing out then. You're right. I yeah. always see oh, that so commercial. You do have it. I don't have ESPN Plus because I haven't bundled it. I just have well, you're, a subscription to Hulu you, and a subscription to wait, Disney. Wait, wait, wait. You who know value, you have the coffee membership, and yet you've got two of those things, but you haven't bundled it with the ESPN Plus. It would be like pennies on the dollars. So I have to on admit the dollar something. To add it I in. don't actually pay for either of them, but I have oh, people I know guys. that do. You free, <laughs> so. you free loader. This None guy. Of, the, of these clothes that I'm wearing, I didn't pay for any of them. Bodie, when do we have to be out of this radio show? Mr. Producer. Let's go uh, about a minute from now. Oh, yeah, we have the 11 Warriors any, radio hour. Is, is anybody hanging us. in there on the box to... We got an 11 Warriors guy? Oh, yeah, they're here. Are they I mean, there? I've heard them talking. I don't know if <laughs> they're ready for a crosstalk. We didn't, t- we didn't talk about wow. this. What happened? What is this? Usually, Jason, for the last several weeks, has been popping on this and saying, amateur hey, guys, five Jason's there. Hey, Jason, what's up, man? Impromptu. What's coming up on the show? Bodie wouldn't patch me in. I was screaming for like Bro, 10 uh, minutes. Okay. I'm like, where's Jason? He's you know Bodie's what? in there watching Jeopardy. <laughs> I made fun of Notre Dame one too many times last season. and That'll just do it. Doesn't do it for me anymore. <laughs> How are you packaging the show tonight, man? What's coming up? Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about some defense. I think that's an important thing to talk about right now. Can you tackle? Uh, I can't tackle, no. If, no. if, if I have to play, we're in, Ohio State's in way worse trouble. <laughs> what if I just stand you right there in the middle? Will you fall into a, a tackle? I too? could, like, pop off the sideline and trip someone. Like, I, I could do that, I think. But I'd Sideline's still break, your friend. I'd still break my leg, you know, but I could still do it, I think. 
you could not even get to the sideline from the middle of the field. Oh, no. No, I'd, no have to already, I'd already have to be there. The runner would have to be running right by me. I mean, there's yeah, that's that's about it. All right. I'm sure a lot of things about the quarterback, Travion Henderson's game, Akron Week coming ahead. Uh, lots of good things, right, ma'am? Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a fun one, man. We have a, we have a really good show and uh, got a lot of jokes tonight. Oh, good. I'm, I'm here for jokes. Eight o'clock jokes are good. Well, I'm driving home, figuring out what I'm going to eat for dinner. I need a joke or two. Jason, uh, good to catch up with you, man. You and Chris with the 11 Warriors radio hour coming up in just a few minutes. Have a good one. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Yep. No doubt about it. So you'll get that after that. Some Browns talk, right? We just broke that Cleveland one down. Browns preview show. Justin Fields and the Bears. Duh, Bears coming up this weekend. A beautiful night of programming on the fan. So good we might not even deserve it, but we're going to get it anyway. And then at 10 o'clock, a little thing called You'll See. It's all ahead. Have a good night on the fan. This is Ohio State basketball coach Chris Holtman on your home for Buckeye basketball, the fan. The fan. Ohio's sports destination.